Hi, welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and this is the show where we help you divinely design your life. That's right, get ready to manifest the life you're dreaming of. Today's episode, I have a very special guest, Amber Valdez. She has been an NFL cheerleader, a TV personality. She was a celebrity interviewer. And for the past decade, she has been using her gifts to help lightworkers all over the world know their worth, love themselves, and truly get paid the money they deserve for all their beautiful gifts that they put out into the world. And this episode, we're diving specifically into showing up as your authentic self and shining your light. And I know so many of my clients that come to me are building their businesses, are coming out of their closet with their spiritual work that they want to do in the world, and they really struggle to show up on Instagram stories. They struggle to show up on TikTok or Reels or create YouTube videos or even do an online workshop or even go to a network networking event. All the tools that we're going to discuss in this episode are going to help you really stand firmly in who you are and what you're about and what's real for you so that you can be a magnet to the clients, the customers, the projects, the opportunities that are really, really meant for you. And Amber also has a really special free challenge going on right now. It's called the Shine Your Light Challenge. It's a five-day challenge where each day you're going to get a little assignment to help you tap into your authentic self, push yourself out of the comfort zone, and grow to that next level. So if what we're talking about in this episode seems juicy to you, definitely check the links below. It's totally free. Sign up for it. Give yourself five days and see what kind of quantum leap you can make. Well, without further ado, let's get to this episode. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast, Amber. I feel like it has been long overdue. And one of the things that I feel like is really unique about us that we bonded over initially, but have, I think, in common as like a secret weapon is that we actually started on TV before we became lightworkers, right? And so you, you know, you were already a TV personality. You were an NFL cheerleader. Like you were already like, doing it, like putting yourself out there, you know, in a big way and save me with me, like with my food stuff and just like, you know, putting myself out there and with acting and stuff. And so then it was like, we made this transition to being like, okay, now I want to be, you know, in front of the camera. I want to be out there, but I want to shine my light. I want to speak about these spiritual topics that really matter to me. So I want to just dive into that because I want, this episode we're going to get to, because I know my listeners, one of the things that a lot of my clients also come to me for that I know you attract a lot of clients to, and you're like a ninja at helping people through, is that initial step of being like, okay, I have a message to tell. I know I'm meant to like be a spiritual coach, be a manifestation coach, be, you know, a light worker in some form, right? And whatever my healing modality is, but I'm scared to do Instagram stories. I'm scared to do reels. It feels weird to do YouTube videos. And so we're going to talk about, we're going to give people some help on like how to make that shift and, and what that looks like. But before we go there, I think it's good for us to learn a little bit about your background. And can you tell us about what it was like making that shift from being someone that was, you know, 
on TV, in public, you know, in, in this kind of career, but then realizing like I have a higher calling and I want to talk about a different topic. Yeah. Thank you so much. And hey, everybody, I'm so stoked to be here. Cass is one of my freaking besties, most inspiring and epic friends. So, you know, I'm just good on you for listening to the call to be a part of her beautiful community. So I'm honored to be here and to meet y'all and spend your precious life force energy with us right now. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Cass. Um, yeah, you know, the pivot happened around the time I was having my awakening, right? And I was going through a gnarly dark night of the soul, 33 years, coming out of the Saturn return, going into my Jesus year, you know, death portal, bring it freaking on. I was, you know, at the time, the only people that were like doing what we do was Louise Hay, who was still alive at that time. And um, Gabby Bernstein. Did I miss, did I lose you? Okay. Uh, it paused for a second. There was a lag. <laughs> Um, but basically the only people that were doing the do for me at that time was Abraham Hicks, Louise Hay, and Gabby Bernstein. And I so badly wanted to start a YouTube channel. I think I shot like one video. So embarrassing. I remember exactly what I was wearing and what I was doing. And I felt so stupid. And that was it. I was like, okay, I'm done. Um, I felt so confident talking about celebrities and sports and all the stuff that like they paid me to do that I got to put on a mask and like act essentially. And welcome to CBS sports mobile. And like, you know, I got to put on the voice and do the do, but when it came to being vulnerable and authentic and sharing about angels and crystals and the Ascension and all the things that I was really lit up about, I was terrified. I felt like such an imposter. I was so scared. And I was like, first of all, I'm a broke chick. Didn't go to college, living in a studio apartment with two dogs and barely make ends meet. Who the heck am I to talk about anything? And so there was a time where I really had to break through my bullshit stories that I mattered, I'm worthy, and my purpose matters, which has been my mantra for over a decade in this work. It's really my mantra, but like spreading it out to the world. And that's the funny thing about doing what we do is like we teach what it is that we're on the mission to learn. Oh, it's like the cosmic joke. It's like the work's never done because you're never done. Um, so anywho, I would say that I had to go through a really painful time of realizing my boyfriend was a sex addict, having sex with strangers, which activated, you know, the pain and the loss and the grief of losing my father. Cause that's like the only person I wanted during that time. So I had to actually own that he was gone. And then I was coming off a reality show that I was a star on called Beverly Hills nannies, where I was being bullied by the other nannies who were total mean girls. And I just got to this point. I had my fifth call back at E! News, which my whole childhood, all I wanted to do was be a TV host. And I was gigging and interviewing celebrities from Adam Sandler to Sandra Bullock on and off the red carpet for like little outlets and, you know, uh, online platforms, but I hadn't hit that big show. Right. And I ended up walking off the set of E! News on my fifth callback. Cause I realized I was being an imposter. I wanted to change the planet. I wanted to raise the consciousness. I wanted to make a difference. And it didn't feel in resonance and alignment anymore to talk smack about celebrities who were just trying to do the best they could. And I felt like totally out of integrity. And the voice that has come to me many times in my life, whether it's telling me to go live on Periscope where I went viral and ended up getting, going from 700 followers to 10,000 overnight. Mind you, Periscope was the only live streaming platform before Facebook Live and Instagram Live were a thing to telling me to move to the mountains when my dog died. I've heard this voice before and it's a, it's a male's voice and it says literally audibly, we're done here. And that voice said, you don't need to do this anymore. And I walked off the set and my dream was dead. In that moment, I realized my dad was dead. My relationship was dead. And I felt like I had nothing else to live for. 
my whole identity had been wrapped around this dream of being on camera in this way. And it was a complete identity crash. It was a domino. I felt like there was nothing to live for. So that night, my plan was to take literally a Costco size bottle of NyQuil PM and to kill myself. And I was going to take my dog, Angel, up to Running Canyon and leave her up there because I was like, someone's going to pick up this dog. She was so amazing. And divine intervention, a girlfriend called who would put my name in the sand uh, in Santa Monica that morning for a transformational training that I enrolled to and completely changed my life. So I ended up diving deep into the self-development work to get rid of all these victim conversations, to realize why I created the life that I created and how I could actually fix it. And from that point on, I was like, I'm done with TV. I'm done. And one of the coaches had said, well, what if you're not done with TV, but what if you just get to change what it is you talk about? And something in my head just like went off and I just started to show up on my video. And I just got on there with my sticky notes and whatever I was going through, I was in deep financial scarcity at the time. I would just talk about it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the light, the dark, the shame, the pain. I got into a car accident. I'm literally doing videos, laying on my back, completely in pain, crying on video. And I just started connecting with people as my light signal and bat signal went out, very much like Cass, just putting her light signal out and you finding your way to this pod. It's not a coincidence. It's a frequency. It's a bat signal. It's a, it's an antenna that radiates out and you don't have to worry about who finds it. When you show up authentically and just you, they come. So for me, the pivot happened as I was doing the work on myself and I was just sharing about it. I was sharing about meditations like 10 years ago when nobody was really talking about this stuff. Um, again, for except some of the people, right? The Deepox, the this, the that. And I was like, here's my morning ritual. Here's my morning routine. Here's how I manifest. I was like, just being me pulling cards, you know, and back then not a lot of people were doing that. So I was very scared of being burnt at the stake for sure. But at that point, I felt like I had nothing else to lose. I feel like I was already so close to like, what am I here for? I was in this deep sense of searching for my purpose. There's got to be more. I've had a million jobs. I'm not still not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with my friends. I'm not satisfied with my job. I'm satisfied with my partners. So it was the same token as I was finding myself. I was finding who I truly was. I was removing masks and I was kind of in the, I don't give a fuck anymore frequency. I just want to be me because I'm tired. I'm tired of wearing a mask. And I'm imagining some of you who are listening, maybe in your corporate jobs or relationships or friendships or marriages that you're like, I'm so sick of being someone else. I don't even know who I am anymore. And that's a great part of the awakening process, I think, that is a necessary part of us stepping into our soul's mission. So for me, it kind of happened all at the same time. I hit my essential mental, emotional, spiritual rock bottom. I was feeling deep, immense grief, and there's nowhere to go up. There's nowhere to go then up from there. And at the same time, I'm like, well, new identity, new me. But to be fair, when I first started going on videos, it wasn't like, I need to make money. I need to find clients. It was just like, this is what I need to talk about. And if one person hears me great, and if no one hears me great, it was almost like a one-on-one therapy session. It was kind of just like, how can I use the pain that I'm going through as a teachable moment for others? And so I found myself being wing to wing, arm to arm with people instead of I'm on a stage looking down, telling you what to do. 
And I started to create no like and no like and trust. I started to create intimacy and vulnerability is connection and empathy is connection. And so I built an entire business on just being my damn self. And um, so that's kind of it. It's like goes hand in hand, I think. Um, and it's not easy, especially when you've been trained to look a certain way, talk a certain way, pretend like everything's okay and you have your shit together. And then I got to the point where realizing my mess was my message and my pain was my purpose. And the more I shared about real shit, the more people were like, oh my God, me too. Kind of like the Me Too movement. It gave other people permission to feel not so alone. And so I was getting high on that supply. I was like, wow. And I think, yeah. So I'll stop there because I know I'm going on a rant. You probably have a Well, I relate to so much of that. And I feel like so much of that mirrors my story, which I think a lot of the listeners know, but like just the fact of like getting into a deep surrender and, and exactly what you said. I think one of the biggest things that I see that I think, you know, trips people up nowadays is that people think they have to start off as the expert, right? And I similarly, when I started my blog and I started my YouTube channel, it really was more of like, hey, this is what I figured out. Or like, hey, this is how I messed up today. And here's how I yes. course corrected after I had a breakdown. <laughs> you know, I literally yeah. remember like I was in New York at this at the time. And like, there was like, I forgot what it was. I had some big audition and like a taxi like drives by me and like drenches me. Oh. I end up, it's like the wrong like time for the audition. I end up in like a coffee shop. I'm crying, like this whole mm-hmm. thing. And then I was just like, okay. And I did my Course in Miracles or I did my little thing. And then I just wrote about it. I was like, this is the shit that went down today, guys. And here's how I'm like, I turned the day around, you know? And I think that yes. that's like, it's like what you were saying. It's like just allowing yourself to share what's like real and present and without any airs, without any like, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Um, that really connects with people. And yeah, so just to ask you a question, like after you, what was the response from that realist fuck blog? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's when my Instagram started blowing up. You know, there when- you go, everybody. Write that down. Put that on repeat for the freaking people in the back. Like that's when her Instagram blew up. The same for me, as soon as I was real AF, that's when all of the, our people, right? You know, there's, there's people and then there's your people. That's when your people see you because PS, your people are going through the same shit. So like I found her. Oh my God. Yeah. Now I have a question for you, Amber, because I feel like both of us had these really, um, you know, kind of rock bottom moments you say, do you feel like now when people are coming to you or you're hearing other people, um, I noticed, I've noticed just in my practice that sometimes people don't have to go all the way to that rock bottom moment to have the shift. Sometimes they're able to shift before that. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Um, I think that maybe just for me, my personality is like, and maybe this lifetime, I need my lessons to be hard. One of my spiritual mentors is like, oh, it's not Amber's lesson if she doesn't have to like really get her ass kicked. So <laughs> I think I'm just really stubborn and my guides are like, oh my God, really? So they just sit back and watch me just like spiral myself out until I'm like, okay, I surrender, you know, and I think <laughs> some people are maybe just a little bit better than me in that where they're like, I don't need it to be so painful before I pivot and let go. I agree. Like even with myself, I find like it's easier. The more painful it is, the easier it is. 
it, the easier it is for me to just pivot and be like, okay, I get it. But I'm just curious because if there's people listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, you know, maybe my life isn't entirely falling apart, but I do feel like I'm wearing a mask. I don't feel like I'm sharing authentically. I'm scared to really show up, you know, as my lightworker self or my spiritual self or share a little bit more about these witchy things I do or whatever it is. Um, are there any advice you would give to them to start like, you know, kind of turning the tide even before yes. maybe it has to get to that rock bottom? Moment? Yeah. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because it, you know, if you're feeling a deep desire that you want to be more of you, it doesn't necessarily need, mean you need to go through these really painful, like dark nights of the soul that Cass and I have gone through. I think that was just a part of our spiritual curriculum. But I think that if you're feeling a little bit like a fraud in your life, that is reason enough to do something about it. And it's like, it's not your fault. It's not our fault. We are literally programmed by a society full of, you know, generations of sweep it under the rug, the 1950s generation pretending everything is okay um, pearl necklaces, high heels, cooking the freaking Turkey for your husband to come home. And, you know, therapy was like shunned upon back then. And, you know, there was an entire society where I think that's kind of where our throat chakras got blocked. And I think that like the feminist movement, all these other things have been like a process, but if you're feeling like a fraud in your life, i.e. you can't be yourself, you can't really tell people in your life how you feel, can ask for what you want in the bedroom or send a meal back at a restaurant that sucks. You're just going to painfully suffer through it. I think it's something to look at because this planet cannot ascend and we cannot get to fifth dimensional consciousness, which is fifth 5d heart consciousness. If we don't go through our throat chakra and I had, might've been Matt Kahn that gave this, this explanation. It was like your third eye is, you know, the third dimension your brain, your re not your third eye, your brain is your logic, your reason, your throat chakra is the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension is the heart. And so we can't go from logic, reason, 3D to 5D without going through 4D. And I think a lot of us right now are having these 4D activations, these throat chakra activations, when we're realizing I've silenced myself, I've ignored my needs, I have not spoken my truth, and I've been wearing a mask that I'm actually exhausted from whether that's having to pretend everything's fucking okay on or offline to your family. I mean, look at what happens at a grocery store. How's your day? Good. 99.9% of the time that person isn't good, but they say good because that's what's societally acceptable. Yep. And that is, we're all being fakes and frauds. There's so many of us that are being fake in our general life because it is acceptable. I don't want to burden. I don't want to, no, no, no. And if we grew up in a family and I know our generation, my generation was raised by a mom who was 1950s. She was like baby boomers. That whole generation played the role of we're okay. Everything was good. And that generation before that came from the war. So nobody had time to talk about their feelings. Nobody had time to complain or be honest. We just had to survive. But there is these archaic imprints that we are starting to untether and unwire, which is why we're all still filling out. Of, we're starting to feel so out of resonance with who we are and how we're showing up. The operating systems like our MacBooks and our cell phones need to get upgraded. And so if you are feeling crunchy of like, oh my God, I'm starting to feel like this isn't true for me anymore. I'm not in alignment with my choices, with my life, with my job. You're in great company. You're not alone. And I would say the first thing you get to do is try to find support of how you can start to activate your throat chakra 
how you can start to turn your pain into your power, how you can start to, as Matt Kahn shares, I know I quote him a lot, but I love that guy. Um, light workers in training, which are victims. And a lot of people are like, I'm not a victim. A victim is someone who has not transmuted their pain into their power or their purpose and has not yet paid it forward, has not yet alchemized the, it's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. Society did it to me. It's the president. It's the retrograde, whatever it is. And we've all been in those positions in some area of our life. And I still am in some places in my life. And that's my work too. But light workers in training are victims and earth angels are light workers in physical form who have alchemized all the things that have happened to them and for them and are able to pay it forward. And so owning our voice is not only a necessary part of healing our lineage and activating our dormant DNA codes of remembrance and worthiness, but it's also an opportunity for us to be on the ascension path so we can get this to fifth dimensional consciousness because being a fake, being a fraud, being an authentic is not going to get us to 5D. The whole planet has to come completely real and raw and vulnerable. And I think it's starting to happen in massive rapid ways. And that's why it's starting to feel like such contrast if you're not being fully honest with yourself. And if you're holding shame and guilt of who you used to be, what you went through and imprinted by a society that wants you to be picture perfect, that wants you to not act like anything's okay. I mean, we have the Kardashians and we have, you know, certain things that are like, you need to fix yourself and you need to be perfect and you look like you have your shit together all the time. And I think like that narrative, we're starting to outgrow it. And we've seen it in corporate of you used to have to wear high heels and blazers and it's turning into like startups and t-shirts and Birkenstocks. And it's like, it's starting, it's been starting, but we're not there yet. So if you're there, you found the right pod, we've got something we'll share with you um, during this, this, this transmission that will help you um, be in a community of people who are also looking to free their throat chakra and to own their voices and be learn to be authentic and vulnerable is their new operating system. Yeah. And I want to, I want to share a little bit about, cause I think what's emerged and I wonder if this is part of this kind of like ascension process or how this is kind of opening up. Cause I think when me and you started, um, it wasn't as much of a thing, um, but now there are also people that I would say are sharing from their unalchemized wound and sharing like one of the things that I think, you know, Amber and I had in common is that when we were sharing, yes, we were sharing like vulnerably and authentically, but we were also sharing while simultaneously like being on a spiritual path, doing the work. And so it was like, yes, yada, 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 crazy shit happened today. And yeah. here's how I whipped out my spiritual toolbox. Here's the, you know, the, you know, the thing I remembered it's from Max Connor, the thing I read from, you know, Louise Hay, right. We turned it into a teachable moment, you know, because at that moment, you know, we were teaching ourselves and then kind of sharing our like, you know, messy journey through. And Amen. then I think there's like an interesting thing that's emerged right now where you're talking about we have this one side that's like full mask, like everything's great, everything's awesome. And there's also a level of like kind of fake spirituality in that, right? Of that's like the bypass have to talk about things being positive or I'm going to manifest bad things. And the other side of that, whereas like, I don't even, I forgot what they called this, but you know, people kind of getting on Facebook and just kind of essentially journaling about their victimhood, right. Yes. And having it not be a teachable. Trauma moment. dumping. Yeah. Okay. Trauma dumping. There you go. I'm like, no, there's a word for this. 
And so, you know, for our listeners, how like, first of all, I'm just curious, is this like part of the process? Because I feel like the trauma dumping wasn't as big of a thing when we were and now that's kind of come up. And I'm like, is that like a step on the path? Like, I mean, on one hand, we're getting, I guess, closer to the alchemized version because people are authentically sharing what's real for them, even if it's from an unhealed place. Um, so not always really serving in that moment. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's interesting. How can someone that's like wanting to step on this path kind of discern and make sure that they're not trauma dumping, but they're also not like, you know, love and light washing. (laughs) Word trauma dumping came up in a a container of mine a couple of years ago or last year. I don't remember the time, what is time anymore, but I remember this girl and she had not done any work prior to my program. And she was very triggered by me and other people being very vulnerable. So I think that word can also be used around as a vent as venom. And it can also be used very abusively. And also this like cringe narrative that's happening with these younger generations on the TikTok, on the TikTok, listen to me, it's like <laughs> on TikTok. And I think that's also a part of the darkness trying to actually suppress people's throat chakras. It's like, that is once again going, yeah, it's not safe to be you. It's not safe to be vulnerable. It's not safe to be authentic. It's not safe to be wave your freak frag fly and like be you. And so this, again, imprinting people like, I don't want to be cringe. Yeah. I don't want to be cringe. And it's like, if someone is calling you cringe, they are not free. Yeah. Because if I see somebody coming on and like, listen, during Black Lives Matter, I was not tethered. I was not integrated. I was in my full trauma responsive past lifetimes of injustice. I mean, I was in my full-blown warrior during that time and it wasn't good for my nervous system. And I had to really like pull back on that, but like that was a necessary part of freeing myself and freeing generations and generations of like all the injustice from being burnt at the stake to being, you know, a, a person of color in other lifetimes. Like it was so much for me. And I, I was in my full collie fire And that in itself is also beautiful because that was also a point for me to hit that, hit that extreme and just be like, it is safe to be mad right now. Like it is safe to be freaking free and you're going to swing back on the other side of the pendulum. So I would say like, I would rather have someone just go ape shit and just like let it out than suppress all that. Um, Because if it, if it's, you don't speak about it, it doesn't move. Yeah. Right. It's like a step. It's like it can be a step along that process and better to just share authentically, you know, even sometimes before you have figured out necessarily what tool you can use or how you can get to the other side of it. Yeah. And I think for me, like how I would preface my students, because I've, you know, taught taught live video courses and things like this. And I would just preface it saying, like, I have not arrived. I don't have it figured out. I am very much in this right now. And get ready because this is just going to be a freaking, um, what do you call it? Rant. Yeah. I love that. If you're not available for a rant, click path because (laughs) I am like going to just let it flow uncensored because I just need to be witnessed. And if you're not into it, you're welcome to click out, but I'm not here for you to try and fix it. I don't need you to make me feel better. I just want to share. Is anybody else feeling this way? And you can always, you can always press it, preface this as I don't know if you're feeling this way. I don't know if you've felt this way before, but man, I feel you if you are, right? Yeah. And it's just this like relating and relatability 
because humans, I remember a coach, one of my first coaches saying, why do you think that Jerry Springer was like the biggest television show of all time? Yeah. <laughs> People bond through tragedy. They build through trauma and they also bond through trauma. They also bond through drama. People bond through real. And, and, and that is the part of the human empathy. Humans yeah. bond through empathy right? They come together. Think of 9-11. Think of like these big catastrophic experiences. People bond in times of crisis. And that's why people are like, oh, you lost your parent. I Instant bond. Yeah. You lost your dog. Oh my God. Your heart sinks. Your heart drops. Like, you know what that feels like. Yeah. You lost a grandparent. Yeah. I'm with you. I get it. Right. And some things you can't feel until you felt it. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so for the people who call that cringe, they probably haven't lost a grandparent. They haven't lost, you don't know what it feels like to be abused, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't know what it feels like. And so, yeah. So I would say like, there's always somebody out there that's going to be like, man, I've been there. And you can say, Hey, you know, I don't know who this is for, but if someone's going through this right now, I don't know what my solution is. I don't know what the answer is. I know I'm going to get through it. I know it's happening for me for a reason, but I haven't found the lesson yet. Yeah. And I love that. I love giving that, you know, giving that little disclaimer and also realizing that, you know, when I started my blog, like my first first blog, which was about like food allergies and stuff, right? <laughs> a lot of it was that. Like I didn't have answers, but I knew how alone I felt yes. in the journey. And I was like, if I put this out and one person reads it and reads about how like I struggled to find anything to eat all day that didn't <laughs> make me sick or whatever and feels less alone, then that in and of itself is also a win. And same thing, like, you know, when we're talking about grief or tragedies and stuff, you know, when you share it, even if there's not like a beautiful little bow you can tie it up on, it, you know, connects with other people that might be going through the same thing. Maybe not. Like I know when my grandma passed and I shared more of like the grief and how hard it was. And I still continue to do as it like comes up every time I'll always get people that are like, I feel you like, you know, this happened to me and I'm still processing it. And so you're helping other people that are maybe, you know, still opening up their throat chakra, maybe don't feel like, you know, me or you have been doing this for a minute. So for me, even though still sometimes it feels very hard and very vulnerable when I'm like having a moment to like get on stories and be like, hey, I was really struggling thinking about my grandma today, but this came through and I wanted to share with you that it's like totally normal if someone that you love has been passed for a couple of years and it's still really hard, you know? Um, and that's the part as a leader that I want to honor and acknowledge you for, and that muscle takes practice, right? But think about all the people that wouldn't have had the relief had you not done that. And that's what I think that like, we got to worry less about the way we look and we get to be more concerned about the impact that it's having on others, right? Like whether you're going through a divorce and like, I know with me on the December, I was a wreck about Romeo. I, I lost my dog in, in March and he was like, you know, my son and it was really painful and really tragic. And I was like, you know, up in this beautiful cabin, having a retreat with my clients and, you know, my hus- now husband's there and I manifested him dancing, playing to a record player. And now he's in the same house with me. And it was yes, all the blessings. And I was so fucking sad. 
And I literally posted pictures of me because I was just crying. And I was like, I, grief is not linear. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm yes. And I have all these blessings and I'm still sad. And, you know, to your point, so many people reached out, like, thank you for sharing. I still cry about my dog. And, you know, it, it helps us as a human race feel less alone and you create the no like and trust and you create the connection. And that's what we need. We need each other and we need to learn that we're not alone. And, you know, we have people, we've talked about this, that their relationships are pedestaled online and front oh, yeah. facing, they look like they are the best couple with the best relationships. And I've even heard of friends getting in fights with their partners. I wish that our relationship was more like theirs. Meanwhile, behind closed doors, it's complete chaos. Yep. And so when we don't share these real AF experiences, we make other people feel like they're fuck-ups or, or that there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with their marriage or, or their, their business if they're not experiencing what is being projected. You know, it's, it's taken like celebrity magazines and like all the, you know, e-news content to a whole new level of like this pedestaling of celebrities or public figures or rich people and then, you know, the new Instagram celebrity has really done a lot of damage for people. And I think that's also what's preventing a lot of spiritual workers, you know, like light leaders and light workers from coming out of the closet, not yeah. just that and how many lifetimes you were burned at the stake and it wasn't safe on top of having an entire family that probably doesn't think what you're doing. Or I've had people say to me, you know, some things, Amber, you should probably just not share. And I was like, so confronted by that, but that's because they're suppressed. Yeah. Like they're projecting their suppression and their lack of freedom onto me because my vulnerability makes them feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's their medicine. And like, yeah. people are like, wow, you really went for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed. And I get to be pissed. Like, just cause I'm a light worker doesn't mean I'm not angry or I can't say fuck. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, one of the questions that I think comes up a lot with a lot of people in my community that are specifically wanting to be coaches and wanting to be spiritual mentors or healers, right, is I think they have a lot of worries around, well, if I share like the messiness or whatever of life and like how I'm still working on things and how maybe I'm struggling in my relationship or I've got a lot of lack mentality coming up or whatever it is that might be on the table and real, um, then people aren't going to want to work with me as a coach. Yes. So I feel like this is like the number, like probably the thing I get all the time when I try to like push <laughs> this, they'll be like, well, then, you know, it's easy for you. Maybe they look, it's easy for Amber because you guys are so established. People already like trust you. They like look to you as coaches, as mentors. Like what, what do you say to that person that feels like I'm just starting out? I'm just opening myself up for like sessions or coaching or workshops or whatever it might be that they're trying to shine their light in. And what if this like authenticity and vulnerability like diminishes uh, my, what do you call it? My, my, my street cred or my, yeah. my whatever the word we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I will tell you a couple examples. So number one, your mess is your superpower. I've had, I've coached thousands of people to date who are in corporate America and their biggest fear is I'm not going to look professional. And I'm speaking about real estate agents. Like what does my spirituality have to do with me selling houses? I'm like everything. Oh, pause. Oh. Are you back? I'm okay. Back. <laughs> so what does my spirituality have to do? Why is it any of my future buyers of these houses business to know about my crystals and, you know, my spirit guides? 
I'm like everything because people buy from people they like and relate to. Oh gosh, we're cutting out. It's okay. You're still going good. Okay. Okay. Good. People (laughs) buy from people they know, like, and relate to. All right. So what does my dog or what I ate for breakfast have to do with, you know, my real estate business, everything, right? Because they're like, I like this person. I'm going to work with this person. Number one. So the things you don't think that you're going to share are actually the things that are going to bond your people to you, whether you're selling candles or you're a coach, trust me. Number two, I had this client once and she was a uh, personal trainer and she struggled with eating big time. She was a big emotional eater and she would fluctuate between 10 and 20 pounds on either side of the scale. And she was a wreck. And she was like, Amber, I'm such an imposter. Like who the hell am I to like, I, who the hell am I to like, you know, be pitching my services when I can't even keep my weight right. And I said, she's like, I overeat. I binge eat. She's like, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, tell your audience. And she's like, Oh my God, how could I tell my audience who'd want to hire that? And I said, first of all, If I'm a woman who also struggles with binge eating, if I'm a woman who fluctuates between 10 to 20 pounds, do I want a 20 year old who like lives in the gym and is a stick and hasn't hit her thirties or forties or God fifties or sixties yet trying to tell me about working out and like dieting and losing weight? Heck no. (laughs) And right. So what happens? So she gets on there and she comes clean. She's like, I have something I have to share with you. I'm very ashamed and embarrassed about it, but I binge eat. I emotional eat going through this and that, going through a breakup, I, I will eat a pint of ice cream in a night and I will fluctuate, but I love to exercise. I love to move my body. I love to move out, m- um, work out. Guess how many clients she got that week that she did that live video? Yeah, like easily like 10 or 20, right? Four, well, she got four, which is a lot. But the point of my story is the thing that she was scared would repel her clients was actually the thing that attracted them. Always. And so I know Cass has a million stories like that too, but the thing that you were most scared, if they knew this, they wouldn't want to work with me. And I'll share, I'm actually going to be on a huge podcast this week talking about this is that I came out of the closet a few years ago on one of my closest sisters at the times podcast about having herpes. And this was something that I was so terrified. I held it for two years. I didn't date. I was completely held captive to this. My boyfriend at 34 years old gave them to me. He didn't tell me he had them, blah, 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 blah. I was traumatized. I ended up so traumatized. I stay in that relationship for two and a half years being abused because I thought no one would want me. I thought no one would love me. I thought no one would marry me. I thought I couldn't have kids. Like literally the stories I made up about what that meant completely suppressed me in ways I, in my personality, my self-esteem, like all of it. And it wasn't until I started doing work on that, that I had friends say, no, I actually held it from my best friend for two and a half years. It was very scary and very lonely and so much shame. And when I finally came out about it, I felt so much relief. And this woman who I'm going to be on her podcast, that's what actually blew her business up. She just had a $2 million month last month. And so that's insane. But like, what I'm saying is like this one thing that created so much shame for me, so much shame for her, she owned it. And that is literally what blew her business up. I was so scared. My clients would be like, Ooh, she's gross. She's irresponsible. She's a slut. She's this. She's, I was so scared of anybody. Like the fact that I could just say that to you, Cass, without like shaking and crying. And like, I shared that for the first time in a room, buck naked in Australia in front of 150 people, some of them, my clients and students in this process. 
my whole body was going into convulsions and like seizing the somatics were so, there was so much shame. But after that, I looked 10 years younger. I had insane energy. I ended up drawing in all these clients because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And these parts of ourselves that were scared shitless that anyone would know are really lowering our frequency. They're lowering our transmission. They're lowering our, our bat signal. And yeah. we don't even know it. Yep. We oh my God. Yeah. The, there's so much. There's so much. So when I did, I did the 12 steps for my eating disorder. And one of the things that we talked about in that was that like our secrets keep us sick. Right. Wow. And it was like one of the slogans. <laughs> Um, like your secrets keep you slick, uh, sick. So if you like, if you slip up, if you have a day where you like under eat and over exercise, or you have a day where you go on a bent, you go on a binge, right? And eat like 20 cookies or whatever it is, like share it, just like share it. Because even oh. in that moment of sharing it, you're on the way to healing. Like you're on the way to shifting. And I think that that's so powerful. I I think those moments where especially the thing that, like you were saying, that thing that we feel the most shame about is often the most powerful catalyst for our growth, for our expansion. And it relates, it makes us shine even brighter because even if someone doesn't have our exact same shame, the shame in them like connects to this shame that we've exposed and this and so they're like oh my god okay this person you know the truth is is that people don't necessarily want to work with coaches that are like ascended masters right like those like people that present themselves that way like terrify me right spooky they have the darkest secrets you know then you know that there's like some crazy ish going on yeah (laughs) like but it's like when you're able to share that and I think even me, just like when I was talking about, like when I started talking about my food stuff too, um, I shared vulnerably about like my own struggles with food. And there was a big part of me that like got in the way that was like, well, you know, then everybody's going to know what a hot mess you are. I remember when Eat With Intention came out, I like gave it to my assistant to read. And I was like, oh my God, now you're going to know too much about me. And she was like, literally everybody that can go to Barnes and Noble is going to know this about you. (laughs) But it was the most freeing thing. Like you were saying, it was like, yes, here's like, here's my messy my messiness, right? And that's what attracted my first clients to me, right? That's what got my first clients was just the fact that I was like, yeah, exactly what you were saying about your personal trainer client, right? It's not, we don't want to work with the person that's perfect. So I attracted people that were like, great. Like, I love it because you get my mindset. You gra- okay. You're not going to judge me for my mind. You're not going to judge me because there's a deep desire for me to be skinny. You're not going to judge me because, you know, I was had pizza last night and then I only had juices today or whatever, because like you get where I'm coming from. So you can actually coach me. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't want <laughs> anybody coaching me on the thing that I'm going through if they've never gone through it. And there's so much lack of integrity in the coaching space that like, I would rather have someone who has gone through what I've gone through and two to three steps ahead than someone that's like, 
It's humorous. You have people that are not married coaching married people on intimacy. You have people that are not married without kids that are trying to teach married couples with kids how to reconnect intimately in their relationships. And I'm like, shame on you. Like, I don't want to shame anyone, but like, how the hell can you teach someone that when you haven't even walked that path? Yeah. And now they're like pregnant and they're like, or kids are like, Ooh, wow. It's actually really hard. It's like, you have to be able to like walk the path at least a few steps ahead of someone, you know, yeah. and to your point about the experts, you know, the word expert means someone that knows something than the average person knows more than the average person. And so if you know more than the average person, you by default are an expert, but you don't have to be an expert in order to show up. But for God's sakes, if you're going to teach how to have intimacy after children, you better have children. But we're trying to teach me to have intimacy after children. Okay. That reminds me of, I remember I went to this, um, I think it was like a Hay House, you know, writers thing or whatever. And Chris Carr was speaking. And this was after her, like she had written her books on like plant-based eating and her journey with cancer and everything like that. And she was like, people always come up to me and they'll ask me like, oh, where did you graduate from? Or where did you study nutrition? Or da, da, da. And she's like, I always go L-I-F-E is the degree, <laughs> right? <laughs> sit down. Go Chris right? Carter. And it was something that I like keep in the back of my head constantly in my life and, and vice versa, both for me putting myself out there, but also for people that I ever hire. It's like, there's no higher degree than L-I-F-E, right? And like, I agree the same way. Like if I'm I'm going to hire someone to coach me on my marriage. You better be married and happy for at least like 20 years or whatever in my book. Right. It's like, you don't have to have that extreme or whatever, but like you better live it. Right. Because until you've lived it, there's like a nuance in that, that to really specialize in that area, you're not going to have, but I want to share, I feel like I could talk to you forever, Amber, obviously, but I want to share, cause you have a really, really special challenge that you're offering um, that I think is really exciting for anybody that's listening to this. And that's, I mean, I'm amped up and I feel like I've been doing this for a decade and I feel like just talking to you about it, I'm like, Ooh, like what more stuff do I need to share? <laughs> ah, that's the point of the challenge. Yeah. It's called the shine your light challenge, you know? And I feel like, God, I feel like you and I should like teach this next round, but like, it is literally the permission slip for you. I don't need to write it, but you will write it for yourself. You will, one of my clients, Donna, she's like, you can't buy confidence, but literally working with Amber, you will. Um, You will buy confidence in yourself. You will release the shame. You will own it so it stops owning you. You will release these secrets, begin to release the secrets that have been keeping you sick. You will realize by being yourself, you're not going to die. And a lot, like, I know that sounds crazy. And I use, I make people like say that in the program, I am not going to die. But the same thing that happens when a lion's chasing us is the same thing that happens for some people when they go to press the live button or they go to press stories. And that is because we have lived in a society where we pedestaled actors and we have some wires crossed that a camera equals acting and it doesn't. And people change their talk one way to you. And then the camera goes on and they act. They're like, all of a sudden they sit differently. And all of a sudden they hold themselves differently. All of a sudden their voice changes. And you're like, what the, what the heck is wrong with you? Right. But it's because it takes practice. And I think like you and I, because we've been on camera so much, I forget this thing's even going, you know, hence why I have a potty mouth, but (laughs) 
like I'm working on it on this call. I'm like, don't say it to someone. But like, I have freedom. And the reason why I cuss a lot, guys, honestly, is I grew up in a, in a house where it's like, I was going to go to hell if I use cuss words. I got my mouth washed out with soap thought. So I'm in a space of like, I get to be free. I get to say whatever I want when I want so that my little inner child who was so suppressed doesn't have to be anymore. So I'm, I'm penduling back to like, you know, changing my languaging. So if I, my F words have been triggering you, that's why. Um, and maybe you get to have some freedom and maybe you can so say the F word. Yeah, uh, yeah I definitely drop F-bombs here and there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've let, I'm I've literally, I love a little F-bomb here and again. Yeah, girl. Sometimes it just, it's like a, it's like an exclamation mark for me, but some people who were, you know, a lot of people in the church, which I grew up in, it's like, oh, you're going to hell. And it's like, I'm like, no freedom. So sometimes I'll have people yell the F word on my calls. Then they're like, so triggered by my swearing. And I'm like, okay, let's look it up to the hood. What oh. story are you making up about the word fuck? Like really? Oh my God. I actually have a perfect example of this. So I also like growing up in Jersey, my mom has a sailor's mouth. Like even when she was like driving us to carpool, like, you know, and there'd be people cutting off. She'd be like, you know, MF, what are you doing? Whatever, all the things. So, you know, she'd be like, excuse my French. That was like the line. And, (laughs) and it was not French guys. Um, And I was on my stories one day, a couple years ago. And I don't even know what it was about, but I was excited about something. And I was like, yeah, I can't fucking wait or whatever. Right. Like a super non-aggressive way, in my opinion, of using it, just like exclamation mark, like you were saying. And I got this DM from someone bless them, that was like, you know, I've followed you for years and I love all of your content. And I think your meditations are great and you've really helped me with X, Y, and Z, but today you use the F word. And so I'm going to have to unfollow you because, you know, I just like, yeah. And I was just like, I was so like, it literally made my brain explode. Um, (laughs) because I was like, how could you in like one sentence, you know, say all these things that like you've appreciated about me, which is very kind. And then instantly feel like your dismissal of me is like valid because I said the F word. Like, I was just like, wow, like, you know, and I was just like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Thanks for, you know, being around as long as you have. (laughs) <laughs> you know like oh Cassandra has fallen off the pedestal in which I've put her on and she's not perfect and therefore you're gone yes <laughs> you're damned burn in hell like it's just so ridiculous and it's like bless her heart but she's not free and somewhere oh. along the way somebody imprinted into her mind that you are bad or wrong or evil or unworthy of love unconditionally if you swear period and discussions yeah. like that's her medicine but like that's the society we live in i'm going to cancel you the second you don't act the way i want you to act in my brain and you're not perfect anymore and you're out and so to the point like the challenge this is why we need this challenge is because those women are still living in society to no fault of their own they're doing the best they can with the tools and imprints that they got from their parents in the world but that's our problem we want a world where people get to be free or we get to not be judged then it starts with us and there's so many of us holding ourselves in in cages we are told what's acceptable what's not acceptable what's cringe what's not cringe what's unprofessional what's professional and all of this imprinting we get to start writing our own script yeah and the let your light shine live challenge or 
shine your light challenge. Sorry, I had a program called let your light shine for many years, for eight years, but the shine your light challenge basically supports you in owning your voice, owning your life, owning all of you and realizing that when you do, nobody leaves you and you don't die. And <laughs> there's part of us that is ingrained to stay in the pack, to please, to be accepted. Because back in the day, if we got kicked out of the kingdom, well, we would wander the earth and we would end up dying. Like we couldn't live back then solo. Now we live in a place where most people are living by themselves. Like the whole world has completely changed, but the codes in the DNA, in the imprinting and the survival is deep and real. And so we are by nature created to stay in the pack and follow along. And then you have the matrix telling you how to jump and when and how high and what's acceptable. And look what's happening in China, you know, good behavior. They're going to like steal your car and, you know, probably steal your kids at some point over there if you don't act a certain way. Right. So we've got to rebel against this in such an empowered way. And the shine your light challenge gives you five days, different growth work assignments each day. You have to do them in a safe container with other people who are also wanting to be vulnerable and authentic and own their own themselves so that they can shine brighter. And there's a great sense of freedom. And we've had people, the relationships deepen with their partners. We've had people get proposed to, we've had people um, literally get raises. We've had people go, what is, you look 10 years younger. Like, what are you doing? Like we've had people get so many clients. They were struggling to get clients for so long, or it gives you the courage, confidence, and community to finally be witnessed in all of you, all of your mess, and then not be scared to share it anymore. And it's so necessary. I've seen people's businesses just explode because it's the frequency that the secrets and the imprints that are keeping you and keeping your throat chakra. So it's really a freedom. It's really a permission slip. It's tons of fun. Um, it's for people that actually want to do the work. Um, you will be confronted by yourself in the best way, but you'll be held in all of it. And you'll see that you're not alone in feeling the way you feel. And you're not alone in wanting to be inauthentic. And you'll realize you have masks and you'll realize why. And it's just such a great sense of freedom and permission that comes in just five days. And so I'm really you know, excited to invite any and all of you that want to come and, and be held and seen and witnessed and just lift up the hood and do the damn work already so that you can get yourselves out there and launch the thing, put out the business and shine your bat signal. So all those that can find you and you can actually start attracting people who really are aligned to you versus the people that are aligned to your mask. It's kind of yeah. like going out on dates and pretending you're someone else. And then like you get into the relationship and they're like, wait a second, you don't drink. Or, you know, I remember doing that on a date with this guy felt like I was wearing all the things in my closet. Like I would never wear. And then like third date in, I was like, okay, first of all, you're going real light on the jewelry. Um, you aren't wearing your Converse or your like, you know, band t-shirts and your sweats. And you're like, at what point are you going to let him see like who Amber really is? Because right now you're dressing up as like the Zara version of Amber, which there is one, but like, he's, <laughs> is he going to be triggered by your like Nikes and your like high tops and your flat build hats? Or like, what what's going to happen here? <laughs> I love that. No, I love that so much because I think, you know, I know in my audience, there's a lot of aspiring coaches or new oh, coaches, right? And I feel like what you're talking about is such... It's like everything, every part of us is the transmission that we put out. And even from, I love that you talked about your clothing because I was literally watching your stories from yesterday. We have this like really cute, like bomber jacket on and your like black hat or whatnot. And I'm like, Amber is so stylish. Even my husband, my husband brought this up. He was like, he's like, Amber is so stylish. Well, I am not. She looked at like blips, like a <laughs> piece radar. It's like, 
Um, he's never said that about any of my friends. And oh my God, I do not feel stylish you, at all. You, but you have this style that is you. And I think, you know, similarly, I wouldn't, I don't think I have as- I love your style. I think you look so classy and so put together and so professional and beautiful and elegant. And I'm always like- <laughs> When I went to Zara, just so you know, I was like, oh, I feel like Cassandra. Like, I feel like I'm actually going to like have my shit together. Like, I'm actually going to look like you always, your hair is always done and you always have the beautiful clothes. And I'm always rocking some like sweats and some like, oh, it's so, and I'm like, look, you look like a woman and a lady and you're just like elegant. And I'm just like goals. But I think it works only because it's who I really am. <laughs> not, not that I am like an elegant lady, but like- You are an elegant lady. Own that shit. What are you talking about? Like my <laughs> style works because kind of like you were saying when you were dressing up different for this dude, it's like when I wear different things, like sometimes when I have, um, you know, I'm doing different speaking engagements, they'll ask me to wear a certain color because of like the company or whatever, right? And if I can't wear my like neutrals and my creams and my beige and something that's like a little bit more of like my vibe, I literally feel like I'm acting, right? Like it feels like there's like a representative that came by. And so I see that, you know, I think it's just a, a microcosm of what we're talking about, the small details of us like authentically dressing in a way that makes us feel good yes. next to who we truly are and how our soul wants to be expressed into the world also sends a transmission out there to yes. women that resonate with it and they can resonate with it. Like I can deeply resonate with you and I not be able to pull off your outfits, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but I resonate with that because it feels so authentic and it feels so you, right? And so I feel like that's yes. just- one aspect and what you're talking about and shine your light is this this next level of that because just imagine the transmission that we get just from clothing right and right. then the mission that you get when someone's also authentically I feel like you can tell when someone's wearing something that they don't feel like themselves in 100%. right we've all been forced to wear those clothes especially when we were little by parents absolutely like, you're making me wear this stupid pink dress like my mom used to put me in pink and I would just be like I was angry. But it's the same thing when it's speaking your truth, right? When you're speaking authentically, it's like you're putting out this transmission that has your beautiful recipe of all of the like nuances of your life, of your psyche, of your personality, whether it is like one of the things I started sharing about randomly this year that has nothing to do with my business is that I love fantasy romance books. Oh right? my God, I love and that about you. So it's just like, it's just sharing these like little things or like, hey, you like a certain sports team or, you know, you like cooking. It doesn't have to always be, you know, it just makes up this like transmission that is your energy and your vibration. And that is what connects to your students, right? And that I feel like is what you're teaching in Shine Your Light is, you know, what A Course in Miracles says is that the students are waiting for the teacher to arise, right? And so it's like your students are already out there, but they can't recognize you until you're actually showing up as you, right? Which is something that I think, you know, is exactly what this five-day challenge is helping people like peel back all of those layers and just shine their light and show up as who they are and have always been so that the people that need them and the people that are attracted to them, whether it is for spiritual coaching 
or it's for an amazing work opportunity, right? It's for them to a friend or a partner. Yeah. Anything, right? We literally had friends find their partners have found them on social media because they're like, oh my God, I need that. I need that raw, authentic girl. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, you, your social media is your magic wand. And if you are an entrepreneur and you require clients, customers of the like, you got to get used to this magic wand and you got to work out the kinks because you're either transmuting a frequency that's like nails on the chalkboard or fake AF. And then you're drawing in all these people that are not your real people or you're drawing in your real community. And like, I would love to see everybody drawing in more people who get them, more people who are like, that's my girl and feel like they're your best friend versus a bunch of people that are like, "Mm, something's off. Like it doesn't, she's writing checks that her mouth can't cash. Right. And I think like, we're starting to see our nose nose. We're starting to feel that's why you see some spiritual leaders are like, they have a lot of followers. They have a huge following on podcasts, but something feels off. Am I missing something? It's like, no, you just know they're full of shit. So like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And a lot of us have been really fake and full of shit because we haven't felt safe being ourselves because like, we got to do what so-and-so's doing, or we've got to have mastered the lesson before we share it, or I don't want to show up as cringeworthy or people aren't going to think I'm professional or whatever the freaking spells that have been cast this experience is going to help you just rewrite all that and clear it up because there's a lot of lies. We also focus on the beliefs that a lot of uh, new entrepreneurs um, believe and the lies they've bought, which has been holding them back from finally stepping into their business. So we're going to, we're going to debunk those myths. We're going to give you tangible tools. You're going to relate to so many beautiful souls and it's going to be a good time. And it's every night, um, the 15th through the 19th of Jan, um, if you're listening to this pod down the road, we're probably going to have that on evergreen too, but it's way more fun to do it when, you know, everybody's here, but you will still get results. I've had lots of people who are like still get results watching the replays, but if you can come do it live, um, and watch the replays, um, and or watch the replays while we're in session, there'll be so many more juicy videos in the Facebook group for you to feel ignited and inspired from. Um, but if you're watching it later on the road, you know, energy knows no time or space either, but I would love to have you participate this round if you're watching this before this episode airs, so. Yes, and we're going to put all the links below so you guys can sign up and check that out. If this episode ignited anything in you and got your juices flowing, I know it got my juices flowing. I'm like, ooh, let's go. Um, Click the link below, definitely sign up. Amber is just like, she's one of my besties, but she's just a powerhouse, as I know that I don't even need to say after listening to this episode. She's got so much light and so much love to give and so much wisdom on this topic. I feel like this is like, you like totally your like mastery topic. <laughs> and so I'm so excited for some of my audience members to get that chance to experience that and really unlock their authenticity and see all the magnetism that can happen when they do it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Amber. <laughs> oh my God, I'm honored. And thank you for doing what you do and all the light you shine and all the difference you make. And thank you for your vulnerability and authenticity truly is your superpower. And I'm glad that you've owned it. So it doesn't own you anymore. You know, we get to be free for the love of goddess. Like, let's all just be free already. So the world can be free. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right, y'all, you matter. You're worthy. Your purpose matters. Make sure you connect with me on social. I'm, I am Amber Valdez. I am Amber Valdez. I am Amber Valdez. I love, I love it. And all the links are below. <laughs> Thanks guys.